Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America from a remote location, undisclosed, most likely somewhere in Harney County, Oregon. It's Hank Vogler. Oh, thought we had Hank. No, Hank. Yeah, you do. Oh, you okay. Got me, but I don't know what I am. I, I mean, I don't know what time it is. I don't know where I'm at. It's a mess. You're a lemming because you conform to the rest of the... See, that chime behind me tells us that it's the top of the hour. The uh, You're a lemming because you obviously conform to the time change like everybody else. No, I just wanted to be uh, prompt on the radio this morning, so uh, I guess I got up at 3 o'clock rather than four <laughs> well that's just another day for you right pretty much yeah i get up at four anyhow but i mean it's still you know uh it's it's just about like everything our government does what uh, uh look at the statistics the the amount of people that die the heart attacks uh all everything in the world is against this ridiculousness but boy we're still doing it mm-hmm. there's cer- certainly people in the government that uh Got jobs doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I read a list over the weekend of 17, I count them, this is just 17 athletes, global athletes, who are from the, between the age of 18 and 30. And so you know they're athletes, and this is around the world. They all, 17 of them died within 14 days of their second jab. And I bring that up because people think that all oh, the only people that are at risk are the people that uh, don't have good body condition or they have some underlying problem or whatever the case may be. Seems to me the jab attacks those that are the most fit is what it appears to me. But 17, 18 to 30-year-olds, just in a quick search. Uh, how about all the people that are exempt, like Congress, uh, like, uh, you know, they're forcing this down the throats of some government workers, like the trappers uh, out here. Uh, they're people at the BLM and, and different organizations, but Congress is all exempt. You know, homeless people. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about the two million illegal immigrants that walked across? No. Uh, are they getting the jab? No, 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 no required. No, no. Just, a, just a check. I thought, you, is that where you're at? Did you go to Tijuana so that you could walk across and get a check? You, why you know it? I got twenty-seven kids lined up to come with me. <laughs> I thought you were at twenty-two, so you picked up a five more. Yeah, well, why not? You know, insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. So, are you in Harney County? Well, I'm. I think I am in Harney County. I'm real close to the Grant County county line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. It's close, but uh, the, the amazing thing is, is when Oregon became a state in 1859, they had to change the names of several uh, very iconic uh, things on the map for people to get around. The town of Gaujai had to be changed to the town of Druzy because it was too rough, uh, you know, and... Uh, Horse Appendage Rock had to be changed to Castle Rock, uh, which was uh, something that travelers coming into the Oregon Territory could certainly identify. There, Just there things was, like that. There was really a town named Horse Appendage Rock. 
No, that's Castle Rock. It's a it's a big old pillar of a rock that sticks up out of the uh, mountains. And, and anyhow, um, they had to change the name of that. They had to change the name of Gaujai to Druzy. And now I, I'm the signal I'm on. I'm bouncing off a place called Black Butte. Well, in today's world, we're probably going to have to change that to something else. We mm-hmm. can't be saying anything that Ra- would be a derogatory remark. Rainbow Butte. There you go. I knew I, you could do it. I, I think you and I should be in charge of naming all of these places. I want to change Seattle. There were a lot of folks that didn't like Chief Seattle. You know, he, yeah. he made enemies too. So let's 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 start at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. What I mean, it's just getting goofier. And and what about the Rhino Republicans that voted for the uh, infrastructure bill? You know, I, what in the world? There's a Nebraska Republican on that list. Really? Yep, Don Bacon. Oh boy! And what's his excuse? Uh, his excuse is that we need to create uh, infrastructure jobs. What happened to all the yeah. highway money? Oh no! Here, here's what he really did, and it was almost like as if uh, he. I, and I think, I think both of my senators did as well. But he said uh, he didn't justify voting for this. What he did was he tried to clearly designate that he didn't vote for the big package. He voted for this little one, 1.5 trillion, instead of 3.2 trillion. Uh, because he thought that it really needed to help in, incentivize economic development. What a load of crap. And he just got elected in the last election. What happened, Trent, what happened to the money that, that uh, the money that was going, it was earmarked for years and years and years for roads and, and bridges and all of that. What did they do with that money? Mm-hmm. It was like Social Security, they just spent everything. Yeah, well, they're going to spend everything they can acquire. That, that's the moral of the story. There's there's no news in that. Yeah, that's it. Eat, eat every cookie in the cookie jar and ask for more. I had somebody send me a list of, of all the Republicans that actually voted yes, and it's it's just asinine. There's no other word. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody remembers it next year. Both, I mean, happened to be in North Dakota today, and uh, my researcher just told me both Republican senators from North Dakota voted for it as well. Wow. Wow. Well, so it must have nearly been a unanimous vote, huh? I, doesn't matter. Well, it only the, takes one. If this doesn't get people just absolutely frothy at the mouth mad and and not just mad, but actually find cause of action to do something, then I don't know what it'll be. Yeah. Well, when it, it, they've already got the, uh, quite a tax raise of the price of gas, price of food, all of those things. You know, transportation is down to a crawl because you got to have the right membership card to pick up a, a container at, the, at Long Beach, and then you got to haul it outside to the rest of the world. you got to have a truck that was made after... 2017 to drive around down there. So, I mean, all of this stuff is just piling up, piling up, and everybody's still yawning. Yeah, I don't get it. 
Yeah, some people even just act like nothing's happened and go off to Oregon hunting. Well, yes, thank you very much for that. <laughs> I, I thought you said you didn't want to give me the jab. That was quite a jab right there. <laughs> it was a clean needle, though. Oh, yeah, okay, thanks, that's good. That makes me feel better already. But we have several people in the camp that have uh, had COVID and survived uh, all ages. So uh, I, I don't know what to say. Well, some people, some people are resistant. And some people aren't. I guess. No, no, no. I mean, the the data has been clear from day one. Zero to one hundred years of age, three percent, just shy of three percent, actually uh, succumb to COVID. No different than the flu. And yet the media just continues to sensationalize this and make people scared to death of getting something. And, you know, it's one thing for old timers that are 55 plus like you and I. But for what they're doing to parents and how parents are complying with this 5 to 11 year old thing for kids when there is a point zero 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 one percent chance of some negative effect of 5 to 11 year old, that's criminal. That's absolutely criminal. It does not make any sense. Well, I I, I'm, I always thought it was just because I was getting older that, that you know, well, things have changed, and so you have to either get on board or stay in your uh, isolation booth. Yeah. I don't know, it's, but it, this is this is crazy times. And I don't know. And now they want to look at your, your bank account. They're going to hire 87,000 more people, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And it's it's no different than in, in a communist country, one person turns on another. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced the reason that after having a complete clean bill of health five years ago, I'm being audited by the H2A program, and I think that is strictly vengeance. I don't yeah. think any other reasons out there. No doubt about it. Hank Vogler being vengeed upon. We'll take a break. Before I let you go, I want to remind you that Lone Creek Cattle Company providing the opportunity for cattlemen, particularly in the Great Plains of America, to tap into a revenue supply that I don't know of another one like it. It's a coupon of $180 over market. It's a certified Piedmontese system. You use the Piedmontese sires from Lone Creek. On your cows, you don't use cow, use, just use the cows you use. Use semen or sires from Lone Creek and be a part of the program. It is an all natural program and that is the market that they tap into, but it is tenderness that pays the bills. Get more details from Marlon Will at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We're back with more Royal Routes and Hank Vogler after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler. Somewhere near Grant County, he can't see the forest for the trees because we've not logged properly in Grant County, Oregon. What a beautiful county that it just needs a little management. Oh, Hardy County, where I think I'm still in Hardy County, Grant County is very close. But it's the same. It's ridiculous. Uh, all the timber jobs, all the things that could be done there there was a big fire close to here and my friends that uh i'm with mm-hmm. they lost a huge chunk of their blm permit to a fire and and uh, uh it was mostly sagebrush so it's going to come back but the timber loss is ridiculous and then you can't harvest it you can't do anything with the trees that are dead you know i mean it's just 
it, it is uh, it's just absolutely off of the charts crazy. So I don't remember if I found these statistics before or after our show last Monday. Regardless, people need to hear them again, whether they've heard them before or not, because sometimes you have to hear things seven times for it to sink in. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal about 1900, just after 1900, and it was talking about fire. And pre-1900, between 45 and 14% of the United States landmass would burn annually. Between 4.5 and 14% of the United States landmass would burn annually. Mid-1900s, 1960, 1970, 1980, 90, were 2.8% of the U.S. landmass. Why? Because that's the era when we began logging, when we started grazing properly, when we did all these management of the resources right. Now we have a climate change summit in Scotland that is talking about how we need to re- remove grazing. We need to get animals out of our life because of it's causing fire and this and that and other thing. Hank, even in the year of California burning like mad and constant press and PR, it's still 4% of the United States landmass less than it was pre-1900. And what people forget is the reason that it was between 4.5% and 14% in that period of time. Indians used fire as a management tool, and they didn't have catastrophic fires. They had lush growth the year after. And here we are. We all have our... We don't all. We have a few people with their panties in a wad trying to control other people's lives. And the numbers, it's just like COVID. The numbers, if you go look at the actual statistics, they don't stand up to what people are being told that we should be doing. Well, they just they just keep making more control, more government jobs is what they're doing. I mean, exactly. how many people worked at the BLM in 1960? But everything, they, they logged, they did lots of things. You know, part of the, part of the reason the forest people lost their jobs a lot of them was the fact that the the bunny huggers came out with the statistics that it cost more to get the timber sale together than the timber was worth and that was because of all the owners rules and regulations add on add on add on add on you know the the fixing the roads making road i mean just everything they did was to waste money and and it did not help the forest at all i mean it's it's a crisis up here I mean, it's just the the forest floor is so littered with brush and trash that they cannot put those fires out they just can turn them maybe a little bit and they just run out of fuel but they they got so much old dead decadent fuel to burn that it's just ridiculous i mean you cannot believe it yeah well i you know i was in john day June, and it's just beautiful country. And when managed correctly, it just—I'm not a mountain guy, I'm not a tree guy, but that country is just beautiful, particularly when it's managed right. What are you guys uh, playing Christmas music, or did, did the did the lemming bell just go off? <laughs> Every quarter of the hour at Marty's house is a grandfather <laughs> oh, yeah. clock. Remember yep. those days? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That everybody used to have a grandfather's clock. Yeah. Well, you, one thing you can count on Marty Beard is he still has everything that everybody used to have. Good for him. Well, 
just little little control, little little nostalgia doesn't hurt anybody. But I I don't know uh, what happens if another currency. What what happens if cryptocurrency? Do they have any control over that? The government. If if people get into that, will that affect the, this six hundred dollars or whatever it is that they want to look at your bank account for? If it's digital, it makes it more accessible to the government. It does. Absolutely. So then, what is the what is the uh, fantasy about crypto coin then? What? Why is it better? I, I never have understood that. It's all about deflating the value of the American dollar, and and the American dollar has been the standard that, that the petrochemicals or petrodollar and everything was based on. And the more they move currency to a digital format, the more the American dollar loses its power, and consequently we lose our buying power and our advantage that we've had. It's all about crippling the U.S. economy. Is that go right up there with cutting off one's nose to spite one's face? I think that's like a perfect analogy, correct. Wow. And and I what what did they say that that those that crypto coin or bitcoin or whatever is $60,000? Mhm. Yeah. So now if you bought a coin a long time ago it would now be worth mm-hmm. $60,000? Correct. Based I, on what? I based on demand, people getting in the market. Um, I was actually with the guy, <clears throat> excuse me, Saturday night, and ironically, his name is Brandon, not to say anything ah! about Let's Go Brandon, but anyway, um, Brandon from Yankton, he actually did invest, and he. Uh, the only reason I knew your number to be accurate is that he was talking about what his investment has done since he got in, and it's at 60000 Wow. But they tell me that there will be several different types of crypto current crypto digital currency and that bitcoin is one and bitcoin was the first one i don't understand all that i'm just conveying to you what what i'm told but, well we used to have gold that that uh, backed the american dollar and then silver and then all of that and now uh, what is it hot air just if people are willing to take the money yeah then that's the value of it correct 100% I guess uh, federal lands would belong to the if, if the argument that the federal lands don't belong to the states, I guess we could get foreclosed on or something or you know uh, a, a judgment, a bankruptcy judgment against us, and they could take the federal lands. I guess I, I you know what does the government have that it has are, hasn't already taken from somebody else? Well, that's the initiative right now, and people are slowly beginning to smell the coffee, is that government, this is a global movement, this is not a United States movement, but it comes right from the United Nations, who long ago said that people should not own land. And there's a document that I've personally read coming out of Canada, following through on the 30 by 30 initiative that Biden signed on to January 27th, and the Canadian document takes the UN information, puts it into a forefront and says we're going to remove the land from private ownership by 2030 and we're going to give it back to its rightful owners the indians that that indians not the word they use the um uh, aborigines indigenous is is the word i'm looking for aborigines would be the indigenous folks in australia but the indigenous folks yeah 
exactly. Because you know we white your 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 German side of the family took it away from the Cherokee side of your family. That's the moral of the story. And now the United Nations is going to fix all of that. Ah, I think I got into like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's a challenge or two in you maintaining your property rights as a federal landholder. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I got a $28,000 trespass for using the permit I've used for uh, years, purchased it in 2004, and just because the water company's the big dog, BLM's capitulated. They're, uh, uh, Southern Nevada Water Authority is now running the Bureau of Land Management, at least in White Pine County. I don't think it's any different in any county. But that, that that that's the prototype, Hank. You're one of the, the last uh, pioneers that they have to get rid of. And it's just steamrolling. And once they get rid of the 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 uh, property rights owners on federal land, then they focus on me and everybody else like me that owns land throughout the rest of the country. Because even when I talk about 30 by 30 to people in agriculture, they say, wow, well, I'm really not involved with federal land, so it doesn't matter. It's not about federal lands. It's about what they want to become federal lands. Hey, the, the 30 by 30 goes all the way across the country, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's Well, it's actually United Nations around the world. You, the, the Scotland Summit this week, everybody's talking about 30 by 30. But it's in, they plan to implement it on 75% of all acres in the United States. And I could explain that well, 75% number when I get back. But I have to go to a break, protect the harvest continuing to empower people to fight against this erosion of property rights. That's really what it's all about. The only way we fight is with information, an arsenal of information and networking, and Protect the Harvest continues to do that. ProtectTheHarvest.com, second half of Roll Route. Thank you. We'll ahead after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Luce, second half, Hank Wiggler at the phone booth. Before we get back to 30 by 30, you might want to just create the visual of the phone booth you're in. Well, let's see. Uh, to my left is a patch of mahogany. Uh, to my right is a property line fence. And straight in front of me is some uh, ponderosa pine and uh, tamarack and, uh, well, out here they call it piss fir, fir trees. <laughs> well, I think that's what we'll call it in North Dakota today, too. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and you're sitting in your pickup? I am. I am. Uh, I'm facing Black Butte, which now you've renamed it Rainbow Butte. Rainbow Butte. Butte, and I can see Horse Appendage Rock if it would daylight come. And uh, uh, I drove through the town of Gaujai twice. So there you are. What's the wildlife situation? Uh, Sucks. There's no deer left. You know, predators are pretty well cleaned up all the deer out of this country. Uh, used to be deer everywhere. We've seen one decent buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the elk are kind of scattered. Uh, there's green feed. It's, it's, you know, the drought's not over with, but they've had quite a bit of moisture up here compared to us, and uh, it's really turned this country around. So Quite a bit of moisture would be like five, six inches? No, I don't think that much, but maybe one inch, inch and a half. That's quite doesn't a bit. Doesn't take much in the doesn't take much in the desert to make people happy, but it's a well, it's a better well, than it was. 
Okay, all that wildlife discussion plays into, and particularly right now, I mean, it's coming up on deer season in most of the Great Plains, I'm sure, maybe every state around the nation. Uh, we, I, I came through, I did a story about pheasant hunting yesterday in Redfield, South Dakota. It's hunting season. And 30 by 30 plays into the whole hunting aspect. The interesting thing about it, Hank, is that initially the the hunting group sided with the 30 by 30 initiative because they think, oh, man, more land for conservation and more wildlife. No, what you just described, what you're talking about in Harney County, excuse me, or Grant County, Oregon, is where federal government comes in and has more control of the land. Consequently, they don't know how to manage for wildlife. They don't know how to manage for health. And the direct uh, result is less wildlife. It's playing out in front of you. You just described it to us. Well, well, you know that's that's been the problem all along. That, that somehow, oh natural, somehow that allowing the predator prey base to balance out, which it won't, uh, is what we need. Well, uh, in the state of Nevada, years ago. Uh, somebody saw a deer at Austin, Nevada, and it was front page news in the in the Reese River Reveille, the local newspaper. Uh, there was there's so many things that have changed because well, when man got here and started raising livestock, uh, the first thing they had to do was eliminate predators, and they did it, and the prey base exploded: sage grouse, deer. Everything in the prey base exploded. Well, now this idea that we can get back to this perfect world of Mother Nature, well, it didn't work with fire. Mother Nature's cranky, and it's not working with wildlife either. And and the people that buy into it that, oh, yeah, this will be more hunting opportunities and everything like that, well, it doesn't. It has more control, more restrictions. Roosevelt set up. The refuge system set up the conservation system and, and and the parks to have hunting, and you can't hunt in them. And they've got there's several parks that are so overrun with animals that that they're they're a mess. But people would would pay a lot of money to buy things to go hunting, and they can't do it. Well, so, I mean, it's just everything's backwards. That's exactly why. Like, take, for example, Colorado just votes to bring wolves back into the Rockies. And, and it's pushed by the federal government to put that balance back in check because they chase the hunters out, but they somehow position that a wolf is part of nature or a hunter is not. Well, uh, and, and they're bringing in Canadian wolves, which are bigger and everything. You know, why why was the wolf eliminated? It was eliminated because it was causing people damage. And also, you're on their pyramid. If they find you out in a weakened position, they'll they'll take you down just as quick as anything else. I mean, it's it's just same old, same old. If you can promote it, no matter how big a lie it is, and get it in the newspaper, you will get followers. You'll get people that'll drink the Kool-Aid. It's just nuts. So here's the thing. You and I have had this discussion for now 18 years. And probably the folks listening are all completely aware and understand what we're talking about. I don't know that when it comes to wildlife and and land management and timber and grazing, I don't know if we're pulling enough new people into the fold and educating them. No, 
absolutely not. And and we're giving them a lot of false information. You know, the coyote, when they used to have an effective poison for the coyote, somebody did a study. They said, well, the coyotes just eat ground squirrels, grasshoppers, and rabbits. Well, the ones that survived did, because if you showed up at a 1080 bait station, you didn't last very long. It was an effective, it takes like 15 times more 1080 to kill a mouse than it does to kill a coyote. Canines are very sensitive to the to the product. And again, uh, they with the right kind of hype, they took 1080 away, and it's gone. And ever since they've taken 1080 away, the deer population has plummeted. Uh, sage grouse has plummeted. All of these things. So, you know. And are we going to change the program? Gosh, no. It, it, you know, the only good thing that came out of that Glasgow summit was that we're not going to have to abide by it because Joe was asleep mm-hmm. during the whole the whole thing. So, you know, he, he probably he probably forgot to to pay his bill. You know, so we 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 won't have any trouble with that. I mean. What an embarrassment to the, everybody that voted for that man. Or, well, they didn't really vote for him. No. They vote, vote for him in the background. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it, it isn't. In fact, yesterday I went to Scotland, Hank. Um, I spent about 30 minutes driving around Scotland. I couldn't find any plane that flew in or any anybody having a meeting anywhere. Oh, wait, I was in Scotland, South Dakota. Maybe I was in the wrong spot. Yeah. yeah. And and why did they come to from Scotland, the island of, the, of Britannia, why did they come here? For freedom, for independence, to own land, the rule of law, all the things that we're now trying to poop on and not do it anymore. You know, people are moving out of California for the first time in history. Why? They're moving out in droves. Yeah. Why? They can't live there. They can't afford the taxes. They can't afford the crime. They can't afford any of that stuff. So they're leaving. And, and, you know, we have to, some, at some point in time, you know, well, Joe Stalin says, let the people vote. It doesn't matter. What matters is who gets to count them, count the votes. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this on Across the Pond. Seems like a fitting time because it kind of plays into what you and I talk about on a regular basis anyway. 1994, on this day, November the 8th, 1994, California Ballot Initiative 187. Do you know what that said? Uh, probably not. It said that either a vote yes would prohibit the voting of illegals, voting and use of schools and health care, at the same level of the citizens of California, a vote no would not prohibit. And in 1994, 58.9%, 58.7% of the California voters voted yes, prohibit the illegals from having the same rights as citizens of California. The day after the election, four groups, including the ACLU and some Mexican group, filed a lawsuit and that ballot initiative never went into effect because of the lawsuit that was brought against it. But the people in 1994, the state of California, they spoke volumes to what they thought was important and that illegals should not have rights above that of a citizen. Uh, look at 
the enforcement of it now. It, uh, it's unbelievable the number of people that are working for cash that work for the California government. Yeah. Uh, just everything about it is uh, supportive. And the thing of it is there is a lot of Hispanic people that are just as up in arms about it as we are. It's, it's you know, everybody came to this country. Nobody, hardly anybody came from Europe or anywhere in the world and took jobs as the CEOs or the presidents of banks. They started out doing this, the jobs that they could get. They had language barriers, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they then the next generation moved up, up, up. And that's that's the American way, not you know come on in we'll give you four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, make you a millionaire if you bring a kid with you just just I mean for goodness sake that that is so counterproductive counter counter American that's a, wow. Yeah, I'm so tired of that argument that, well, you know, we're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of legal immigrants. And I see the major media, uh, you know, last week, the the true success story, in my opinion, on the, uh, the elections that took place was in the state of Virginia, but was not the governor. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for the governor. But the one that really caught my attention was the lieutenant governor of Virginia, Winsome Sears, who's a legal immigrant is the first Republican to hold her office in the state representative in the state of house in Virginia in that district, first Republican in that district since 1865. She represents a very poor poverty stricken area of Virginia. She's a military veteran, a Marine, and she goes out and wins the governor's race or the lieutenant governor's race. More power to her. She did it legally. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. And for for a while, I thought mainstream media was just going to ignore her, even though she checks all the boxes. Oh, except she supports the Bill of Rights. That That's not really good for mainstream media. And now they're attacking her left and right, Hank. Oh, they're coming at her. She's just a white supremacist in black clothing. And oh, my goodness, what a bunch of embarrassing morons these people are. They need to be shipped out. I got to go to a break. I want to remind you that Dr. Nathan Bryan has made available nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is an absolute must every morning. I take that have for now 18 years. It's all about improving your blood flow, improving everything that blood provides to the system, your brain, your immune system, the whole ball of wax. Dr. Nathan Bryan explains nitric oxide and makes it available to you at no2u.com, no2u.com. And when you put Trent in the coupon code, you get a 10% discount, plus you pay no shipping. Trent in the coupon code, no2u.com. Back with the last segment of Roll Route after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. Seems like Hank in the phone booth in uh, Oregon is much more of a listener than a pontificator like he would be at home. I'm talking a lot more than normal. I don't think well, that's good. I'm, I'm trying to. I, I, I'm the one that's on vacation here. See, I just. Uh, <laughs> hey, I do want. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Uh, some sheep talk. I drove uh, to Yankton, and then Yankton, South Dakota, and then drove yesterday to Bismarck. I'm in Bismarck today, headed to Billings tomorrow. And I have to say that through South Dakota, and it was dark when I got to North Dakota, but so I can speak through South Dakota, 
I think I saw more sheep in barnyards, and I'm talking about you know sizable flocks, not just under fence, but you know they go they're under fence, not like what you do. But uh, are the sheep numbers in the Dakotas growing? Well, there's a lot of movement that direction. I mean, uh, uh, one of the last slaughterhouses on the West Coast uh, was was just down the street from where my lambs were last spring, and all those lambs went east. So I don't know what the truck ride had to have cost going east, but uh, yeah, they they're obviously the the processors. Everybody is is kind of focusing on a different area. Yeah, and, but there, and maybe again, there's a processor in Brush, a new one. But um, where, where's there another processor in this part of the world? They got to go east from here. Uh, Iowa Pack is that? sound right no the haywarden has been shut down for quite some time oh well there's something back there because that's where they went and a lot of them were little mom and pop slaughter outfits you know yeah chicago the they, they, they go to yeah. from here sheep and goats typically go to chicago detroit or lancaster county pennsylvania where the the buyers come in from new york uh, from new jersey and new york and different places in the east for and they fill that market that you just described and again, it's a lot of Muslim trade. Uh, it's a lot of Hispanic trade. You know, it used to be for, for a long time there, they practically made dog food out of everything except the rack of lamb and the, the leg of lamb. And the rest of it, they just ground it up into dog food. And now that has all become uh, part of people's diets. And, it, and it's it's a good it's a good product. You just got to use it. That's all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's why I promote it because nobody else is. Yeah. No. It's it's a it's a good product. But when you go from sixty million head of sheep to five million head of sheep, it mm-hmm. it gets a little concentrated. But I I think it's kind of picking up. I hope it is. So you know we're we're losing our infrastructure. Superior Trucks, did not shut down in Davis, did it? No. No, Superior didn't shut down, but they evidently have their own little group of folks that they trade with, and that's it. Oh, and, really? And uh, the guys with horse trailers have really, you know, one load at a time kind of guys have really taken a lot of a lot of animals away from them, and, and they kind of acted like, well, they'll pay whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they had some competition. That's any market. That's what's most important. There, and then there's a slaughterhouse for cows that they're going to put, I think, in Jerome, Idaho. That'll be great for competition. There's a lot of dairy cows around there. But nonetheless, the the, the more people that want the product, the better off we are. And, and the new diets all include meat. That's what's so crazy about the the Mediterranean diet and all of those includes meat. Your Your brain is basically fat. You need fat. You know, the, the, the lie about cholesterol. Some people have a problem with cholesterol because it just, that's there. Uh, but other people, you have to have cholesterol to have brain function. I mean, there's just so many things uh, that you get from eating red meat that, again, uh, we've uh, poo-potted so many times. I was trying to keep from cussing. I've been in camp, you know. <laughs> 
Well, I figure this time of day we're okay. If we were doing it tonight, it would be a little different. But, um, yeah, you're spot on. All of the, and that's exactly why those powers that be gather in Glasgow, Scotland, and talk about limiting animal agriculture because people are beginning to see the science that it's imperative, not only for planet health, but for human health. And that gets left out of the equation how important the grazing animal is to a healthy planet. And the sheep is is right up there with cows, and they continue to get overlooked because they eat what a cow won't touch. And goats, goats are in there too. Goats eat things that the sheep are less likely to eat. I mean, it's just that. How do these things all evolve? Uh, They evolve because they uh, adapted to the climate they were in. I mean, what about the wildebeest in Africa? Well, all of these animals were there. The whole planet is not conducive to farming. Most of it is grazing land and and timberland. It's it's uh, it has multiple uses. But nope, boy, we're going to just stop her all. Well, what are the people going to eat? So somebody's going to die. And oh, guess what? It's, it'll be the poor people. And then those poor people will get to the point where we have a Bastille Day. Yeah. We storm the Bastille. I guess, you know, after a while, you know, if if your belly button's banging into your backbone, I don't think you really care if somebody shoots you or not, do you? No. No. It's like maybe thank you. I don't know. Yeah. So so the masses, the mob, the mob rules. And then the mob has uh, got to go back to the Bill of Rights. It's got to go back to the Constitution. That was not made by a bunch of third graders. That was made by some people who studied history, the history all the way back to the beginning of time, and and came up with something that's worked better than any other opportunity in the world. People are not breaking into Russia. They're not breaking into China. They want to come here, and they should do it legally, and they should do it properly, not the way they're doing it now and it's going to get worse yeah it is going to get worse i don't think people are are, i some people are talking about that but i don't think they know what getting worse really means well it's an invasion and 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 uh, you know i i don't all these people are escaping countries that have socialism and communism and and uh, hardcore governments they came here wanting something better and and of course the democrats think they're all going to vote for them i don't think they will (coughs) no i think those days are over we just all all we got to do is we got to clean out you know call up the 13 republicans that voted for nancy pelosi and say why don't you just switch parties Mm -hmm. nancy would love to have you we don't need you. We've had a gut full of that. Yep. Well, there's no doubt. Good, bad, or indifferent. Things are fixing to change in a big way. And I just, what we do every day is try to be a driver of creating the positive change. I hope so. I hope so. Because the, the, the other side of that coin really sucks. I mean, it's just, it's not right. Yeah. And it makes no sense. So how long are you hunting in Oregon before you head home? Uh, I got to go to a meeting at four o'clock in Twin Falls tomorrow. Oh, so your vacation's about over? 
All three days of it, by golly. <laughs> yep. yep. All right. Well, what other words of wisdom do you have for us? We have three minutes. Well, uh, what I have to say and what you have to say is not revolutionary. It's not something new. It's just that people have been, what do they call it, gaslighted? They've yeah. been gaslighted to the point where, oh, well. And every day, as the government continues to get more overbearing, I truly, truly believe that it's affecting more people. And, and just like the, the new gas tax, practically doubling, food prices are going to double, all these things are going to go up. It's the poor and the middle class. And then once they say they say they pass these laws that the billionaires are going to have to pay for them, well, okay, billionaires, I'll bet you, have already got a contingency plan to hide some money in another country, to get it out of the United States, just like when they did. And then when they had a more favorable situation, they brought money back, and they'll, they can turn around and take it to another country just as quick. So, yeah. Well, Big dumb. There's nothing revolutionary in what you and I say. There's actually nothing revolutionary in what the tyrants say either. It's the fact that people have become so ignorant in history they don't recognize control when they hear it. Yeah. yeah. Boy, there ought to be a law. I heard that all my life. Boy, yeah. there ought to be a law. No, yeah, no, no, we need fewer laws, not more laws. And, and we need to enforce the ones we've got. You know, I mean... Proposition, what'd you say it was? 187, 187. California? Right. Yeah. In 1994. There's nothing new in this yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, when people came to Ellis Island, they had hospitals there. They sent people back to Europe if they couldn't pass the, the medical exam and things like that. I mean, it was not a, a, an easy task. Uh, <laughs> when I was a Little kid, I was an altar boy, and, and when the, a Basque fellow would get his citizenship papers or a family, it, it was a celebration. And, and, and they up all night singing and dancing uh, that they were now not Basque, not Spanish Basque or French Basque. They were Americanunac, Euskaldunac, mm -hmm. American Basque, when they got those papers. Yep. Yes, sir. Well... That's exactly how you diminish the value of citizenship is you just grant the rights to everybody, no matter whether legal or illegal citizenship, and then you create chaos and people seek some sort of norm in the government. Big Brother pretends to be that provider of the norm. That is when you're completely controlled, kind of how we handle the sows, actually. We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. We wish Hank Bogler the best of luck in his last 24 hours of hunting in Oregon. Most importantly, we remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. Got it. All right, mister. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you, I guess, next Monday. If I'm out of jail, I don't know. I, we got to have that meeting Friday with the, with the auditor. Yeah. So, and I, I'll about bet you that Southern Nevada Water Authority is the ones that called them said, hey, you know, <laughs> just punishment for being a human being. It's crazy. All right. Well, I'm home next weekend, so this coming weekend. All right, sir. All right. Bye. Bye.
quick reminder, if you want to get paid properly for the quality of beef you produce, check out Certified Piedmontese on the web, LoneCreekCattleCode.com.